advertising has changed, and TV ads, once reserved for big brands with bigger budgets, are now available to companies of all sizes and industries. Mountain's self-serve performance TV platform is leading the charge by making TV easier and more affordable than ever. Performance TV gives you access to tens of thousands of audience segments with ads served exclusively on top streaming networks and campaigns automatically optimized thousands of times a day for peak performance. The result is a high-impact ad that will always find its target regardless of what show they're watching. Visit Mountain.com to learn more. Welcome to Great Minds, and our guest today is Ali Hayeri. Ali is the Vice President of Marketing at Mountain. They are one of the disruptive players that is really helping lead the industry forward. They are a dominant player in the performance world uh, in television. Uh, they are on the leading edge of a blending technology and creative uh, we've got to partner with the company and uh, QuickFrame, one of the companies that you acquired on a number of things. And Ali, we are thrilled to get a chance to talk to you today. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, man. So Ali, you've had a really interesting career for a pretty young guy. And I'd love to go back and talk about your initial work, at sort of coming at an interesting time around the time of the recession, 2008, 2009, uh, at a time when spending was challenged and working as an online marketing manager, look how you've risen up the ladder, uh, at a ADD Marketing. But you worked on some stuff with some pretty big brands like Forbes and Sony and Warner, uh, Alpine, a great audio brand that uh, I remember had a, a moment as a gold standard in uh, automotive in particular. Uh, and reflect on those initial experiences. What got you there? I know and academically you studied the integrated marketing world, but reflect on that initial experience, which I think was your first gig at a university. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I graduated into the recession and it was a brutal time. And the, the, the way that I got that job was, was interesting because um, it, the, the job market was tough. And I was kind of going crazy, just being stuck at home. So I sort of built a, a website that was sort of revolved around the things that are interesting to me, which is just kind of music and culture. And uh, I got really carried away building that website. So, I mean, it wasn't just writing the content. Um, it was developing relationships with book publishers and record labels and breaking artists on this uh, on this website but really getting carried away with it, uh, which would be the, the foundation of being a digital marketer, which was digging into analytics and understanding how that works, uh, learning how to write HTML, CSS, PHP to, to update the website, integrating um, you know Google AdSense into the website, even though there was just such little traffic to that website. It was just so interesting to me to do all these things. And I remember... I, uh, you know, I was an English major, I, I was trying to rely on my skill to write. And I went for this uh, interview at, at ADD, this boutique agency in Hollywood. And um, I really didn't have anything else to talk about in the interview. And so I just kind of went for broke and started talking about this website that I created in my free time. And I remember the the hiring manager was just like, he looked at it and he's like, what you, you made all this? 
I'm like, yeah. He's like, and you wrote all of this? And I said, yeah. And he said, and you designed all of this? And I said, yeah, I just, I do it just to kill time. And he was like, yeah, you got the job. And so I came on board and um, it was a different time. It's crazy to say, because it wasn't so long ago, but it was a pretty different time in the web because um, social media, uh, you know, certainly existed, but there was still lots and lots of like disparate online communities. And so my job was just basically for a for one of these really sort of well-known brands that you just mentioned going into the online communities and just basically generating conversation uh around their 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 products and so again i think it was it was really good sort of like foundational experience it also gave me an understanding of how agencies work and what their functions are to brands um, but that was also my last job at an agency too. I kind of, I moved on to the brand side, uh, relatively quickly in my career for, for better or for worse, but it was, it was really, really rewarding time. So you touched on it, but let's dig a little bit deeper. Not a lot of time has passed, right? In a lifetime, mm -hmm. we're talking about 12, 13 years. Yeah. But so much has changed so quickly. I'm sure you remember that old notion of Moore's law about the pace of change. And yeah. we are way faster than right. what Gordon Moore ever imagined. Now Mountain is literally at the front of the leading edge of the most important and hottest space in our whole industry. Give us the benefit of reflection on where the industry was then and where we are today in 2022. In, in some ways, it was a little bit more exciting. Um, I kind of liked the fact that it was not as concentrated as it is today. Um, it's not to say that there's a problem with the way that things are right now, but like social media marketing has been sort of studied to death and there's so much process and thought that's gone into how that works that I feel like it's been done at the expense of I don't know, some ingenuity and creativity as, as marketers back then, what was kind of interesting, like I mentioned, like there's so many disparate communities out there. And I feel like as a marketer, it was kind of fun to just spin up new campaign ideas revolving around these small groupings of niche audiences across the web, rather than just having a Twitter strategy or a Facebook strategy. And, um, I was able to do some really interesting and unique uh, campaigns because of that sort of spread out nature of where the audiences actually were. So I'd say uh, what what's what certainly changed is um, it seems like marketers have like almost in like an academic understanding of all of the channels that we have now, um, which again is is good. But I feel like the more we move in that direction of having these like academic understandings of these channels, I feel like we lose a little bit of that kind of creative spark that really, uh, as an observer, at least, um, makes some, some really interesting marketing campaigns. Okay, really great answer. Let's dig even a little deeper now in, in a different direction. Do you think that we've done a good job as an industry or a poor job in creative exploitation of the medium? You know, one of the things that's discussed ad infinitum, and we can go back to the earliest days of, you know, banner ads, you know, going mm -hmm. way back, is the challenge of doing great creative work. What Mountain does so brilliantly is they've lent a modern day take on the old notion of storytelling. Uh, 
Talk about your take on creative keeping up or falling behind with what the medium allows for from a technology vantage point. I feel like just as an, uh, as an observer of marketing, not, not just a practitioner, but as an observer of marketing, the, the thing that irritates me the most about the industry that we're in is, um, is the copycat sort of aspect of it. Uh, someone stumbles on a winning formula and then everybody does it. Um, I think social media, I don't want to beat up social media too much, but I feel like social media is like especially conducive to this where, you know, some brand decided to be really snarky on social media and got a lot of points for that. And then all of a sudden you saw a lot of brands that wanted to have this like snarky voice. And then now it just, it, it looks almost irritating to kind of see a brand kind of interact with customers in that sort of like snarky way. We've already seen that before. I work in B2B marketing predominantly these days. And you kind of see this too. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly railing against this concept of like the, the B2B marketing playbook that everyone does. So it's an ebook with a gated landing page and uh, this sort of like transactional type of digital marketing of like, you give me your email address, I'll give you this, this asset. And, you know, if you ever just browse LinkedIn, you're just going to see a ton of this, just tons of LinkedIn ads of, you know, here's this white paper, uh, give us your email address, here are the best practices for this thing. Um, CMOs share their secrets. And like they, it, it just all looks so homogenous. So like at the beginning, you always notice something new and it's kind of exciting or clever or interesting. And then everyone does it and that totally strips all of the magic out of it. And so I'm I'm always a fan as a marketer of instances where marketers or platforms are kind of repurposing something that we already know into some sort of new way to think about it. And I guess, you know, going back to Mountain, the, the thing that's that's sort of interested a lot of people about the Mountain Success story is that um, we created... Uh, a a new performance marketing channel out of TV. Um, in the early days of it, uh, when we were starting, our, our instinct was to go after just tons of like traditional linear TV buyers. Um, and and certainly that that's worked out for us. But the thing that really kind of flipped the switch for us and and uh, and and put us on a rocket ship was when we realized that no TV could be a performance marketing channel. Um, and kind of having people reorient their understanding of how television advertising works and think about it as a performance marketing channel, we kind of took something that people were already already familiar with, and used it in a in a in a different way, and I think that's that's been that's been really exciting for us and and of course our advertisers as well. Fantastic. All right, we're going to dig deep on Mountain, uh, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit about you and your journey. So you had an early agency experience and then some entrepreneurial uh, ventures and then moved into the brand world, working with Verizon, working with Norton. Talk about that transition into that world. Verizon sort of raced into the media business and then not too long after raced out of the media business, <laughs> uh, but as did AT&T. But let's talk about that experience and how that benefited you. Uh, I would think some of those experiences for your gig at Mountain, I would think there's sure. a bunch of things you learned there that helped you. Yeah. It, it, for the record, I was part of the race into the media business, not the race out. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, I, I think there are some some interesting learnings for marketers that may be earlier in their careers 
specific to to those two stops in my career. I'd say for the the Verizon piece, I was an early employee at an internet infrastructure company called Edgecast Networks, and um, I was a generalist. I was the more, VP of marketing's first hire, and he kind of he kind of entrusted me with everything. Um, uh, designing collateral, managing advertising campaigns, coding the website, all the stuff that I had done in that first sort of killing time sort of project that I had uh, preceding the uh, the agency. Uh, he kind of entrusted me with all of that. And um, I think that was like the, the best outcome for a marketing generalist was, was to do that because we scaled the business uh, pretty quickly and uh, got acquired by Verizon. And at Verizon, I was a very young sort of manager of, uh, of a lot of people and um, uh, managing some pretty like high visibility projects, which was, which was exciting, but also it was a great learning experience for me because until then I was this like, you know, snotty startup kid who was just used to having access to everything and everyone, and then being thrown into the biggest company you can be thrown into and just constantly hitting dead ends. Um, I think in, in retrospect, it was actually a pretty good experience for me. It kind of brought me back to reality a little bit, but also helped me understand. It certainly made me a better kind of person to work with. Um, not because I work in like an excessively corporate way now, but I have a better understanding of how other people work and and certainly how very large companies work, um, which I think is is tremendously important. Um, I'd say the, the, the experience at Norton also was pretty fascinating because that role was kind of created for me. Um, I, and I didn't work in the marketing team. And I, I think this is, this sounds counterintuitive, but this is probably one of the best moves I made in my career, which was I went to go work in a product organization alongside engineering. Um, the, the product team had a team of fantastic product designers, but they wanted someone who had a marketing sensibility, someone who knew how to sort of be persuasive. Um, not just make a beautiful product. And so I came in as like this marketing mercenary on the product design team. And my job was to do just that. Uh, I, I almost apologize for it because uh, the, the understanding a lot of people have of like antivirus software is all of the alerting and all these other gimmicks used to try to get you to renew your subscription. And that was squarely on me. That was my job was to was to develop customer retention and, and other schemes to kind of get people to subscribe to the product. But um I gotta say it was it was it was great experience. It was it was fun doing it. But again, it was um it was fascinating not being on the marketing team for a couple of years and interacting with marketing sort of on the on the outside. Um because uh uh, you really have a better understanding of the expectations of marketing to an organization. And really it, it's it, in some ways, it's kind of easier to evaluate the performance of a marketing operation again, from, from the outside, I'd say the other aspect of the experience that served me well today is working in a product organization alongside engineers, like being in a, being in a conference room with a whiteboard, ideating on a new product all the way through to installs on devices um, that's really special experience that not a lot of marketers actually get. And so now when we're in positions where either from a product marketing standpoint, we're working with a product organization or with our own team and our own sort of development function, in this case being a website or some other kind of digital marketing component, I can appreciate it a little bit differently, I think, um, having had that kind of product experience. And so coming back to my earlier point in terms of uh, uh, some 
some like unsolicited advice for early career digital marketers, I'd say with regards to the Verizon experience, you know, being a generalist is, is fantastic in terms of, you could kind of treat it as like a rotation of all of the different aspects of marketing to identify the thing that you love doing the most and working in a major company like Verizon. I think it's useful to kind of understand that because you're going to encounter in your careers, people who are just, they've made a career out of working at fortune 50 companies and people who've made a career out of working at startups. And uh, they both have entirely different sensibilities. And uh, it was good to, to have that experience. And on the, um, on the Norton side of things, Symantec, uh, I think what, what's great there is if the opportunity presents itself, I wouldn't bend over backwards to do it, but to, to work in a sort of tangential position uh, inside a, another department, not inside marketing, it's a pretty fascinating experience to have. And it certain, you certainly benefit from it as a marketer. I eventually went back to marketing. I, that, that was the, the last role I had before I joined Mountain. But I eventually went back. I was doing well, but I just I worried that I'd lose the marketing muscle because I was still walking around introducing myself to the world as a marketer. And I felt like, well, if I do this too long, then I'm not really one anymore. And so I eventually found myself back to marketing. Fantastic story. And and I got to think, and you touched on it, that being sort of in the garage and under the hood of the engine, you know, before you get back out in front of the customer in the showroom, understanding how all that stuff works through the prism of marketing has to be absolutely life-changing for you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's helped me out in a couple of different ways at Mountain. The, the, I kind of joke with my marketing peers that I kind of have like the easiest job in marketing because our target audience is other marketers. So I don't really need to worry about tons and tons of like focus groups and market research to kind of understand what people like me actually want out of a platform like this. But I, I think that experience, you, you kind of nailed it. it. It's helped me in two ways. Internally, it's it's given me credibility with the team that I manage because I've kind of done everything, you know, with the design team, I know how to, you know, I know how to line objects to the baseline grid inside InDesign when creating collateral. I, 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 I understand design. They're better at design than I am, but I, I, I kind of speak their language to the web developers. I kind of understand fundamentally how all that stuff works. Definitely on the digital marketing side, my core competency is in performance marketing. They, I, I certainly speak their language and I teach it too in my free time at UCL Extension. And so um, it's, it's helped with credibility uh, when, when asking people to do a lot. And then I'd say externally, you know, I'm at a conference right now and we're, we're exhibiting to tons and tons of B2B marketers. This is what I do for a living. And since I've, since I wasn't just installed in this leadership position, uh, right out of college, I kind of earned my way here. Uh, I'm having, I'm having such a great time just kind of talking shop with everybody and understanding what their problems are because I have a lot of the same ones. So right. it's, um, it, getting to this point, uh, certainly it was a challenge, but um, I, I, I'm so, so much better for it. Well, listen, having, uh, in my case, a little knowledge about a lot of things has been very useful. I think you have a lot of knowledge about a lot of things, uh, <laughs> but uh, fantastic story. So let's get to Mountain. You've had uh, what by today's standards is a pretty long run. You've been there about five years. Yeah. Uh, talk about the journey. How did you get there? So uh, I I got there um, originally to run uh, product marketing uh, for the company, um, and again it was 
I sort of went into it with like low expectations. Not that I didn't want to work there for a very long time, but like I'd mentioned, I'd come from that product design job and I thought to myself, let's ease ourselves back into marketing, figure out what's going on and then have some grand idea about what, what the future will actually hold. Um, but after a year, um, uh, I was, you know, the, the CMO uh, departed and I was asked to, um, to, to kind of take over. And, um, and also what I, what I was building was everything from scratch, really, you know, that people who enjoy sports, I think will understand this, but, um, I think of like marketing leaders and any leader for a department for that matter, they're kind of like coaches and coaches have certain philosophies. You know, you may hire a coach who's a defensive specialist and they'll come and sort of install a, you know, defensive sort of system and philosophy into their organization. And I feel like uh, what I did was I kind of came in and uh, built the team from the ground up in the way that I sort of saw fit. And uh, that involved just tons and tons and tons of fundamentals or vegetable eating, I guess is another way to kind of think about it. And, um, and, you know, it was, it was tough in the beginning uh, because creating a culture shift, because until then uh, the marketing function for the business was largely um, brand focused. Uh, and to me, it wasn't that I didn't see the value in it, but I just felt like it's, it's a bit of a waste if the, if the digital market, if the, uh, the core fundamentals aren't in place, you can't really seize on the value of all that brand marketing. If, if again, the, the piping isn't in place. And so uh, we just focused on that and I could bore your audience to death with all of the things related to attribution reporting and uh, lead scoring and, 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 and lighting up all the channels and creating all the collateral. But we, we, we did that and um, we, we became a brutally efficient um, uh, uh, marketing operation for, for the business. And now we sort of reliably generate, you know, a, a sizable chunk of the company's uh, revenue uh, through all of the varied work that we do. And so um, it's been, it's been a wild ride. Um, and at the same time, the company's just done tremendously well. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and take credit for all of it. Uh, there's so many reasons why uh, we're, we're doing as well as we are today, but um, it's, it's certainly made the, made the road a lot more exciting. So let's talk about that a little bit because yeah. it's, it's a great story. The company that you joined, give or take August of 2017, here we are just a little over five years later. It's a very different company. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I, I think the thing that really sort of changed things for Mountain, really uh, having a front seat for all of it, the, the inflection point for us was that point that I kind of mentioned earlier, which was... Uh, not just focusing on connected television, which turned out to be, you know, the the frontier uh, of of advertising today, but uh, specifically uh, selling it to performance marketers, um, because that's been a huge component of this success story. Uh, because, you know, there's this interesting stat that we have uh, in our business, which is two thirds of all of our advertisers are advertising on television for the first time. And, you know, as marketers, we have a perception of TV advertising just generally, which is it's a prestige thing. You got to kind of like earn the right to be able to do it one day. And obviously it's very expensive to, to do it. And so we feel like we've kind of hacked the system here. We've made connected television advertising accessible to all marketers. Um, and so uh, 
that was really interesting. Once we kind of made it an accessible channel for a lot of these brands, that's what really kind of uh, set things off for us. And, and yeah, sky's the limit now for us. So not too far from where I'm sitting is the heart of Times Square. And at the heart of the heart of Times Square, 7th Avenue and Broadway come together. You are sitting at the intersection of two of the hottest areas of our business, that intersection of CTV and performance marketing. And Mountain has a unique position there. That's very hard to do today. Talk about being at the intersection of those two cross streets, if you will. Yeah, you know, what's what's interesting there is uh, I feel like we kind of solved the platform side of that equation, the performance marketing side of that equation. I don't mean solve in the sense that, you know, there's not no work left to do, but solved in the sense that we found viability uh, with television as a performance marketing channel. And we've created a hell of, created a hell of a platform uh, for that. Um, and so everything from uploading the advertisement to measuring the impact of it, um, that's all something that we had already kind of developed and, and felt great about. But to your point, when I'm thinking about, um, you know, the creative world or the creative sort of component of, of our industry, um, that that's sort of where Mountain's focused a lot of its attention over the past uh, year or so. We've, we've made a couple of really key acquisitions uh, in this space. Uh, we, we acquired uh, Maximum Effort, which is Ryan Reynolds's advertising agency, uh, creative agency, I should say, uh, last year, um, and later we acquired QuickFrame, which is a marketplace uh, that really facilitates the creation of a video. And the 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 strategy behind that was that look, the technology is there. We've we've proven that out. It, it it certainly works, and a lot of people are using it. But what we sort of noticed is two things for for smaller advertisers. Back to that metric, like two thirds of the advertisers this is the first time that they're on TV. They needed assets. They needed something to actually run on television. Um, and so we we had partnerships in the past, but we wanted to give them a more reliable method of procuring creative for their first foray into television advertising. And so this is where we really kind of focused on the creative element of that sort of intersection that you're talking about. And so now we have capabilities uh, to actually help deliver creative to clients. And so for, for smaller brands, they certainly benefit from a platform like QuickFrame where it's incredibly cost efficient to create creative that almost every time when people see it, they're, they're, they massively overestimate the time and cost that went into actually creating that, which is, which is fantastic for delighting uh, these, these marketers who are, who are trying to get on TV as quick as possible. And then for larger advertisers who we've been working with, um, you know, having maximum effort and and Ryan on board has been super helpful to them because, you know, connected television has kind of created this dilemma in a way for large advertisers, which is that now that we don't have really long lead times and the inventory is exploding, large advertisers find themselves in a position where they need to refresh their creative way more frequently. And as always, they, they they just want to be as timely as possible with their messaging. And so this is where maximum effort has been really successful. And you know, the, the number one question I get asked all the time is, does Ryan Reynolds really work there? 
And the answer is yes. Like it's crazy to say it's yes. He's not a celebrity endorser. He is properly a part of this company. He really helped build that agency and he's still actively involved in these ad campaigns that are, you know, going viral all the time. He's directly involved in all of that. And uh, you know, these these large brands, they 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 want their cultural moment. Um, they want really effective advertising that sits really nicely within this new uh, medium. And uh, man, everything's going ad supported. So the inventory is only going to grow from this point. And so between these two acquisitions that we've made and also just operating a really efficient platform, uh, we, we've got a pretty nice setup here for uh, for marketers. And it's soup to nuts at this point, because now you could get your creative and uh, and measure it all the way through to completion. Yeah, I thought the quick frame acquisition uh, was absolutely brilliant. I, I remember many, many years ago, we had the actor filmmaker Ed Burns, uh, who's sort of a New York jewel uh, on a panel that we did with the Tribeca Film Festival. And what he talked about a lot was how many years ago, if you were a filmmaker, the cost of entry, you know, what you had to invest in the hardware and the cameras to be able to film something and you know, create something that was uh, viewable, if you will, right. was, was the bar was just too high. And that as cameras and as editing software became democratized with the Apple product and the Adobe product, that all of a sudden for 100,000, anybody could be a filmmaker and make something for the big screen as well as the small screen. Seems like that democratization of technology in concert with everything else that you have put together maximum effort and what was there before those two acquisitions, that's really put Mountain in a very unique position. Yeah, you know, what's what's interesting about that democratization point too is that um, we, we've noticed that our platform has been kind of, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound salesy, so I'll just say broadly CTV, but what I've noticed about CTV generally is that um, it's unlocked a lot of creativity that we kind of didn't anticipate. And some examples of this are like, you know, if you think of the the alternative of advertising on linear TV, um, it, it almost sounds ridiculous to say no, because, you know, I want to, I want to broadcast a message to my target audience. Let me try to find the TV network and program that has the highest overlap with my target audience. And there's just inherent waste with that. Um, Alternatively, you know, with connected television, it being programmatic, um, they have this like precision targeting of target audiences. What's been exciting to see to that point of democratization has been the creativity that's come out of that. Like now you could go to the advertiser and say, you sell motorcycles before you tried really hard to try to find a show, maybe Sons of Anarchy on TV. It's just one show, though. And you're putting your creative on that show and hoping to God that the people who watch the show actually want to ride a motorcycle. Uh, so what's the ad you create for them? Uh, however, now you could just show an ad to people who are in market to buy a motorcycle. That's a different ball game from a creative standpoint. Like now you can approach creating that ad in an entirely different way. You're speaking directly to your audience. There's far less waste uh, in, in doing it this way. So that's been that's been an interesting sort of unlock of creativity. There's been other things too that we've seen for advertisers that do a ton of linear advertising. We've, we've kind of seen them use CTV as a way to kind of sharpen their linear TV buying in a way where it's like, 
you know, that the I could just upload the ads and have them live within an hour. So let me just like upload these CTV ads with these target audiences, run, you know, an A B test and find the one that works the best. And this really expensive linear TV buy that I'm doing. Now I have a little bit more peace of mind where I've kind of tested out the creative a little bit. So there's there's been there's been some aspects of just like creative efficiency that have kind of, that's kind of been born out of this uh, this movement as well. Great stuff. So, such an interesting area. I, I think we're going to have to come back and do a part two because there's so many yeah. other things I want to touch on here. But let's pivot to another area where the industry is really challenged. So we just had uh, big news about Netflix moving into an ad supported edition of Netflix. Uh, and we've learned new language as this space that's hot continues to get really hot. Uh, I heard another acronym the other day that I had to spend some time deciphering ARPU, average <laughs> revenue per user, right. talking about Disney's recent uh, earnings report where they sort of pulled even in terms of total numbers yeah. with Netflix, but on an average revenue per user, we're only about 30%. Of mm. where Netflix Disney was somewhere around four or five dollars per user. Netflix, I think, was around twelve per mm. user. Talk about the entry of Netflix into this space, and uh, we've sort of got four heavyweight players right. between Amazon, Apple, Disney, and Netflix, and then we've got you know just a cut underneath. You know that next level. We've got Paramount and Peacock and. Uh, and some of the others talk about the new developments in that space where mountain fits in that equation and what's your take on what's happening overall yeah the the, the arms race around tv has been wild uh not just as sort of a participant in a way but as a consumer uh to kind of see uh the direction that a lot of these major platforms are actually kind of moving in it's been interesting i think the, the, my first thoughts on on you know Netflix moving ad supported and just generally like the explosive growth of these ad supported um, subscription services has been that this is just going to be more volume to the channel. Uh, it's going to bring uh, it's just essentially going to make TV a more and more important ad channel. I think the thing that is interesting to me as a performance marketer when I stew on that a little bit is the fact that. Um, it makes TV more important, uh, and uh, you know, just as you know, in line with, you know, say social media marketing channels and search marketing channels, which are very important uh, channels to our mix and everybody else's as well. The thing I like about it though is that it's highly differentiated. You know, search and social still generally are kind of transacting on the same device type, whereas CETV has that space. You know, we're talking about on the couch in the living room, as opposed to everything, just, you know, that, that overwhelm that you feel on your device between all of these different channels. Um, and I, I, I think that's kind of nice, uh, for people to have that sort of differentiated channel, that separation from the, the traditional device with regards to all of these impressions. So I think that's going to be certainly important. Um, we're, we're certainly seeing the inventory exploding. Um, we, we had a metric that we would tell people all the time, which was, we see growth the size of the city of Miami every single month. Just that, you just add that every single month. It's just, it's been seismic growth. And I think, again, this is something anecdotally a lot of people would probably uh, attest to. In terms of um, looking forward, 
I think one of the interesting things that uh, to anticipate is maybe some new ad units. Um, right now, everybody's still thinking inside the box with regards to like 15s and 30s. Um, but when, you know, these these platforms want to be really competitive with one another, they want to be really differentiated. This may encourage a rethink of the TV spot. Uh, that might be kind of interesting. Uh, maybe introducing some level of um, of interactivity. That's that's going to certainly be interesting as well. I'd say finally, how kind of Mountain fix, fits into this whole thing. We have direct relationships with um, all the major publishers, uh, and so they they make up an important component of our platform, which is the the, the inventory that we buy. So um, we're definitely going to be looking to kind of expand the relationships that we have with a lot of these major publishers. And uh, just again, in those conversations that we're having with them, they're kind of surprised at the uh, at the success and the volume of uh, adoption that their ad supported offerings are, are happening are, are having. And so uh, it's it's a pretty exciting time uh, to to kind of be in this space, not just because of the growth, but because you know, circling back to the beginning of this conversation with regards to trends that we see, I think this might be one of those moments where we're going to start seeing like a, a bit of a reset on TV advertising. That could be fun. Absolutely. And what I love about your story and about the mountain story, and they really, in many respects, parallel is that you're both mainstream and a disruptor at the same time. <laughs> and that's hard to do. And right. uh, this has been really terrific. I've enjoyed this immensely. I hope I didn't torture you too badly. <laughs> Not at all. I've, I've seen worse. So Great. thanks so much, Matt. I well, really appreciate it. Ari, a pleasure having you. We love working with Mountain and your family, uh, the acquisitions you've made, uh, and putting Ryan as your chief creative officer. Um, I like that he goes to work, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think that's great. And uh, we look forward to doing more and more stuff with you. We think you're real you know, leaders in the space, and love this conversation. So thanks so much awesome. for doing it. Let's do it again. Thanks. TV ads can make for some memorable, powerful stories. The only problem for advertisers is until now they haven't been fully measurable. Mountain's self-serve platform, Performance TV, provides the up-to-date insights you need to take the guesswork out of measuring your connected TV ads impact. Mountain lets you build customizable dashboards with the metrics that matter most to you, allowing for real-time measurement, including when viewers visit your website or make a purchase after watching your ad, regardless of what household device they use. Visit mountain.com to learn more.